Hey guys, and welcome to Fisher Philbrick The Show. This is your host, Michael, and I just want to thank you for tuning in and giving us a listen. Fisher Philbrick is a management and production company that assembles, manages, and produces both creative projects and businesses. Our first project being this podcast, The Show. And so, without further ado, let's jump right on in. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode, another week here at Fisher Philbrick The Show. We just wanted to check in and say thank you for being with us today. We are so excited to get started with our conversation today. And as we get started, we also want to wish you a very happy June. If, I guess, of course, you're listening to this currently, then you will also be experiencing this as well. That, yes, we are now in the month of June. How crazy is that? I feel like the first three months are always very slow. And then all of a sudden, We are just going full speed and we're already in the summer now. I mean, technically summer is still about 20 days away or so, but we are already like halfway through and we are into the last month of the second quarter. So if you're on a business level, like, whoa, get going with anything else you need to do and accomplish for this quarter because we are almost there. But today we have some business updates for you, our business segment, and then we will sign things off with our conclusion and our overall sign off that we usually have. So if you're ready to go, let's jump right on in with these things. Okay, for our business updates, FP Kids, Fisher Filbert Kids, as you know, we have been working on that this quarter. That is something that we wanted to launch kind of by the end of this quarter, if possible, but it's something we've been working on, like diving in headfirst to this entire quarter as we've been going down to our last month. So as we mentioned, we're like, If you got anything left to do, we've got a month that was directed at ourselves because yes, we do have a lot to do, but we are excited to share with you that we've got the rough draft complete on our children's book, which is going to be the thing that's going to kick off this whole section. We've got both the writing done and formatted. And then as of today, which we were supposed to finish it yesterday, if you've been listening to our Monday mornings with Michael, but we finished today. So just about a day after our initial goal, we got all of the sketches digitalized. So from here, we do need to do our like final outlining of these drawings and then add color and then do more edits, order a copy, an author's copy before we actually publish it so we can see what else needs to be changed. This being our very first illustrated book, we are just kind of counting on the fact that we probably will need to tweak some things around. I myself you know, as someone who's done a couple children's coloring books, at least in activity books, I've gotten better and better so that we don't, you know, I haven't had to do so many like big edits compared to the very first coloring book I did. I had to have two rounds of edits where they like sent me a copy and I'm like, this is wrong and this and this and this. And now send the second one. And this is still wrong. How is something else wrong? So that is something that I've gotten better at. So Hooray that I've had that experience. And that is something that we'll get to with this. From there though, you know, it's just starting to get more and more exciting as we've spent like the last two days heavily working (laughs) on these drawings, being like, whoa, these characters are really starting to come to life. And then, you know, hopefully, as we said, by the end of June, it will be on sale and ready to go. We're still not completely sure if, you know, there's a difference between us having everything ready to go and being finished with it compared to when we actually launch it. So say like we do spend the rest of this month getting everything all set up, it is then to be determined when we're actually going to officially launch it, when we will be able to tell you like, hey, go and check this book, check out these songs. Because yes, I believe we've mentioned it either, I know for sure on the Monday mornings with Michael, maybe here as well, 
Uh, actually, we did on that episode we had that was dedicated towards what we were doing as our next steps. But we have created three songs, so that's kind of our next step too as we're going with the book. Like the book is on one end, the other hand we have to finish the songs. They're mostly all done. Um, just some small touch-ups here and there where like yesterday I was working on a second verse to a song even though I was like, you know, I didn't write a second verse when I first went through the song, but maybe it's there. I think at least what I hope to do with whoever we work with who will be producing it and putting it all together is that I will have a version of it and then I can work with that person and we can go back and forth with each other of like, okay, let's try a version. How does it sound if we did it like this? Or what do you think as you know someone who's worked in music quite a bit? Do you think this is needed or not? Because that is something that I always like to do and I think that is one of the most fun parts of being creative and doing these projects is sort of the creative workshop side of things. So like mostly, you know, 90% of it will all be there, maybe 95, but then that last percentage we can, which can really like drive it home and make it so much better than it already was. I think that is super fun to add in some other talented musicians or talented people in whatever field you're working in. So that's what we have up next. We need to contact at least the guy that we had initially reached out to, he had been sick and wasn't well at the time, so we said to come back to him in a couple weeks. It has now been a couple weeks, so eventually we will reach back out and then hopefully we'll just keep going. We already have a female singer confirmed, which we'll share more information on that as we go, but we're super excited for who it's going to be, um, at least now, <laughs> as of now, if all things work out, which, you know, you always got to be prepared for a couple different plan B, plan C, but our plan A is looking really good in regards to, to that singer. So that is the exciting announcement about that. And then we'll get to our business article. This week it was titled Paper to Screen, and it's all about getting your hand-drawn art towards being digitalized. That was something that was really important to me, something that I really wanted to learn how to do when I was first trying to jump into creating digital art was like, I have the skill. I can literally draw. I can doodle. I would say like doodling is my niche. Like I can draw. I can doodle. I can letter. Like I've spent years doing this now, but how do I get it electronic? Like I just want to take a picture and trace it was basically what I wanted to do. And I wanted to do it easy, fast on a tablet. And that's what I learned from the people I've been working with at the time is that they have like an iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil. They used the Procreate app and it could do all of those things that I wanted to do. So we put it together in a business article for yourself. Go onto our website under Fisher Philbrook Business, our business article, it'll be right there. Also under our new this week, if you're listening to this currently. And then we created a reel for it, which is I guess the more exciting part because we've been trying to do that as we mentioned in the past on a lot of these business articles, just to give us an excuse to like get better at creating reels and to get out in front of the camera more, you know, just to create more fun content that is more, you know, what these sites are wanting you to create anyways. But we posted one with this, like I did an example of showing like drawing by hand a flower and then all the steps to digitalize it. And like I posted it while walking the dogs. I wrote, you know, the description, added the hashtags, all that was while I was walking because I had a lot to do later that day and I wanted to take a nap and I had to run errands and work on the children's book. You know, I had so much to do. So I'm like, cool, I've got an hour of walking. I will, you know, I created, edited, have it all together, except I needed a song and I need to like do these last steps that I just mentioned. So I was like, I'll do that while walking. I've got an hour to do so. And so like towards the end of the walk, I put it all together. I post it 
And then all of a sudden, like a ton of people were starting to like it. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Like that never happens. You know, normally it's the people I know that follow my account or like a few here and there. And then eventually after a couple of days, people will start liking the reel. But when I go to their accounts, they have zero followers. So I think they're just spam and like robot accounts. So I don't really count those, but these were like real people liking it. And then it was just like blowing up going and like all of a sudden, by the time I like hadn't even finished the walk, so hadn't even been an hour, I doubt it's been even like half an hour, and it was already at like 12,000 views with 400 likes. And I was just like, wait, what? How, how does that happen? Like, what? That's insane. Right now, it is at like 14.4K views, so 14,000 and 545 likes, which is very insane. And I know like a lot of people who have these bigger accounts are like, 14,000, that's it. Like, I got 50,000 on my videos <laughs> and what whatnot that they might say. But for me, I was like, dude, the reel that I have that has the most is like, I think 3,000 or 5,000. And that's like been up there a long time. So to get all of that in like the course of just an hour or two, I was like, whoa, that is insane and super exciting. And the sad thing though is that, you know, it's nothing that we did nothing that I did not because it was a great video because I've seen so many videos of content creators and people saying like you put your heart and soul into something and then no one watches it no one likes it it doesn't get picked up by the algorithm and then something you do you know while walking the dogs <laughs> as a quick upload all of a sudden it takes off and you're like whoa how did that happen is there a science or art behind this and I think maybe there is a little bit maybe it was the hashtags maybe it was just better content than we've posted before I know it was the first of its kind as far as like a creative and art video but you know I just have to remind myself of that and as a business too like we will enjoy like the fact that it took off and did very well very quickly and for a very short time but at the same time not to hold ourselves to that pressure of like okay what are we gonna do for the next one it has to be as good because that's just not realistic especially now with how crazy the algorithms are really for a social media account so it's one of those things like we'll take the excitement and like it was very cool to see that happen. It was also a little bit stressful too because I have all the notifications off so nothing comes through to my home screen. So I literally have to be in the app and then it will show me notifications. But there were too many likes and I was like, okay, this is stressful because usually if I see the notification, I like to clear all the notifications and then at that rate, it was just too many notifications. So I was like, man, at the same time, I was like, how do some of these people who get this amount on everything they do, like, <laughs> I think you'd have to turn it off completely and just be like, don't tell me anything about the post I'm doing because it would get stressful real fast. But with that, that's closing off our business updates. Let's get to our main segment of the day, that being one year later. So if you're ready to go, let's jump right on in. Okay, so... To get started in this, we did want to start with kind of where I was a year ago and where I currently am a year later. And then we're also going to go kind of back in time into my life to share some different life and work experiences of really getting to see life at different and later times. So kind of that thing of like, oh, you know, you are here, but you're only there because of all this stuff that's happened in the past and kind of taking a minute to both appreciate that and also hopefully for us to encourage you to do the same in your life so as we keep going within this you know you may be wondering like why is this important and we would say you know you may be in a tough spot now you 
don't know what's going on in your life or why things are happening to you. Maybe they're very good things happening to you. Maybe they're not good things happening to you and it just feels like life right now is awful. The flip side of both those two things is like maybe you're stuck in between. You're in the middle and you're like, like nothing's really bad, but nothing is also really good and I don't really know what's happening. But we would say that to hear some real life examples of how you can come out of these different stages and for the better most of the time and really I would say a majority of the time is so helpful. It is so encouraging. And within this episode, we would also encourage you yourself as a listener to think back on your own life recent or as far back as you can remember as we talk kind of the I think farthest we go back is like middle school ish times to college. And I think why that is you know, a good place to start is because in middle school, that's when you're sort of developing into a mini human where you can start making a lot of choices on your own. And that's kind of the starting point where not everyone does, but a good percentage of people. And I'll share what that looked like for me of how you get going with your life and making these decisions. And what we're going to talk about is a lot of these decisions that you can make or that come your way to then see how this all plays out. But, you know, within that, find your own examples because that's how it's going to be super helpful and beneficial. It'll be great, hopefully, to listen to my own examples, but I know that is just something that hits home so much more when you can be like, whoa, he's talking about this, but in my own life, like this and this happened and like, wow, things did come out how they are and like, I am the person I am today because of all of this that has happened. And, you know, most times how I've seen it in my own life and like the more people you talk to, you see that a lot of things do work out for the better. And maybe you're like, but this and this hasn't, you know, gotten better yet. And to that, I would say maybe you need more time. You know, no one, after someone dies, you don't get to talk to them. So you can't be like, maybe it was on their deathbed where they were like, wow, things really came together and I lived a good life. Boom, dead. They can't tell you. (laughs) I mean, that's very extreme. But the idea being like, you don't know how many years, like it could be a couple more years before you're like, dude, this thing that happened in my mid to late 20s is why like, whoa, that's why this happened is because I'm here now. And whoa, I can be super grateful because that happened. And also like, shoot, it took me, I don't know, 10, 20 years (laughs) to get to knowing this. So all is to say, like, if there are situations that aren't, you know, working out or you're just like, I still don't understand. Maybe that is part of the reason why we'll talk about that a little more too. And so, yes, we're going to start kind of recently with, as I said, like a year ago so that we can get to a year later. And then we're going to jump into, I think it's about four or five different like experiences I've had. I let you know that to set you up and get you prepared and also to make sure I keep on track because As you know, I like to talk, and I think talking is pretty fun, which is what you should expect from someone who has a podcast, correct? Yes, I think so. Okay, so let's jump into one year ago. Okay, so one year ago, and the reason we came up with this podcast episode in particular was because it was one year ago on the date that I'm recording this that I gave notice to my full-time job that I was going to be leaving. I was giving a month notice, so I gave a lot of time, but I was heading on to kind of the next steps in my life. Where I was at, you know, it was such a great experience, really. I was there for five years, got to start an early college, really worked my way through the company, helped build a lot of different elements and aspects to the company. It was a startup, which I'd wanted to work in. You know, like it hit all of these boxes and was just so much fun and such a great adventure. 
And there was so much that really built me to who I was today, who I am today, I guess you would say, and what I'm going to be doing as I go within the future. But at that time in my life, so a year ago, I was working, which I've talked about, and you've heard the last episode, if you heard that one, I talked about a lot of the different jobs I was working. A lot of those were in college, but even post-college and when I was working at my full-time job, I was working a job in the morning, I was dog walking, doing yard work jobs. You know, I was working a ton of different jobs. I would say three like regular ones that you could consider jobs. But then like, what do you call mowing the neighbor's lawn once a week and then doing extra yard work for a couple other people? You know, like technically those are still jobs. They're just not as uh, time constricting as I would say the three main ones, which were steady every day. You know, I do these jobs. But so I was doing all these jobs and I still wasn't making enough money to survive. You know, I was, I still am, but I was living at home to save money, still paying like a pretty low rent, but I was going, you know, doing everything I could to save up as much money as I could because my goal was to buy a house. That's something that is still my goal. It's like, I would like to buy a house in this area, which is the Bay Area, which yes, is very expensive and is kind of insane, but I also think it is completely doable. You just have to really work really hard and kind of juggle a lot of things around. All to say, though, the balls I was juggling, if we're going down that, you know, metaphor or a vision within that, they were not the right ones because I was, you know, just going and not getting to where I needed to fast enough. And within that, especially, I would say, at least if you look at things traditionally for a man, you know, you're, I do want to get married. I want to have kids. But at the same time, you are expected to be kind of like a lot of times the sole provider for the family, the wife, the kids, the house, the if you have pets, uh, education, (laughs) you know, if I want to do any of the farming stuff or just even my own businesses that I want to eventually do, like all of that takes a lot of money. And from here on out, that is just, you know, going to be a very big part of, (laughs) I would say my, my my purpose or what I need to do. You know, I need to fulfill this so that I can move forward with these stages in my life. And at the same time though, because all those things are very important and there is a role for that, I didn't want to always get in this loop and trap of always being constantly working and not involved in the family, the wife, the kids, the house, you know, all of these things. I was like, man, if I could make this work, then I want to have a way where I can be at home, where I can help raise the kids and be a part of all these different people's life, whether it's my family that I hope to get married (laughs) someday and someday soon, but like my direct family or my own family that I grew up in or extended family, you know, there's so much. And as we said before, like so much of everyone's life is just working. And if you are not happy with where you're working or it's not helping you meet those goals, then like you got to make some changes. So that was kind of where I'd been out of like, you know, I love the people at this job. Everything has been fun. Like I've learned so much. Like those are my friends because especially during the lockdowns, like those are the people I was in contact with all the time. And it was a very busy, fast paced job with high communication. So we always had to be talking, (laughs) whether it was planned, uh, like video meetings or was communicating through email daily or on social media or texting. There was a lot of talking, a lot of communication. So it was very difficult, but within this you know, zone of knowing that I needed to, you know, move on to kind of next steps so that I could keep going (laughs) with life and not kind of feel trapped or halted or that I was just going to burn out and then, you know, just not be happy with myself, with life and where I was going. And that, you know, if if you find yourself in that, like, 
I would say that can happen, but you should also really try to get yourself out of that because if you're not enjoying your life and doesn't matter if you keep going or not, then that is a problem. You know, like you should be, you know, working your way towards somewhere where you can be happy and enjoy living and want to keep living and keep going with your life and be excited for the future. So that was why I was like, that is what I'm looking for. But at the same time, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I mean, I'm interested in so many things. And from the jobs that I've worked, like I've gotten to try a lot of things. And at the same time, I'm like, I wish I could try even more jobs, not for a career, but just like, you know, one to three years here. Okay, let's try something else. And that is something I think would be really cool if that was a thing. And that's why in college, it is really fun because you can get all these internships that, you know, you start with the company and they know like you're only going to be here a limited time, not where when you say graduate and you start getting full-time jobs, even though the employer should know you're not going to be there the whole rest of your life, it is very much implied and there's a lot of pressure that you have to stay wherever you are and just give your heart, soul, and life to this company where I'm like, maybe if it's your own company, then, you know, like that could be a good thing. But at the same time, like, no, no. If you're someone who gets bored easily, which as we learned last episode, yes. I will tell you, I do <laughs> tend to get bored easily. I like to learn and, you know, partake in new things. But regardless, I was applying to a, a lot of different places, had some interviews, a lot of them, which I've talked about before with the public safety route. You know, I got somewhat far within those, but then for whatever reason, I was not a good fit for them. And essentially none of them worked, none of them went through. And then I was stuck kind of in this realm of like knowing for almost a year, maybe a little more, but at least for sure, I would say a year, knowing like I need to make some changes, but I don't really know what to do and nothing is going through. Like usually in my life, I can put some like feelers out of like, hmm, let's send a little bit of effort this way and here and here and whichever one pulls, like we'll dive into that and see like, is this where we're supposed to be or what we're supposed to be doing next? And nothing really was going that way. So I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> usual tactics are not there. But within this, you know, I knew I wanted to start my own business, but I wasn't sure if this is the time because how do you know when to start your own business? Like no one is there to tell you, you have to tell yourself. And I was also saving for a house. So anytime you start a new business, you know, like it's not going to make money for quite some time. And if your whole goal is like, I need to save a lot of money. <laughs> then, you know, quitting and starting something that's not going to make money is not the best idea. But I eventually realized that I needed to do what you may say is like the stupid thing and quit without having a new like full-time job lined up. Everything opposite basically of what you are raised and taught from, and I would say like going against what your parents would tell you, like you never leave a job unless you have another one lined up. But this was something that you know, I did try very hard to line up other jobs and figure out like maybe these things are what I need to do and nothing was happening. So I was like, now my overall like gut feeling is just like, I need to leave the job and I'll see what comes next in life. But within that too, because like I mentioned, I was good friends with everyone there and like I wanted to leave in the best way I could, which yes, leaving, like when you have someone leave, like it's never good and it's never fun. It's never you know, I don't know, it's just hard times that you put on everyone on the company. But I was like, I wanted to leave as best I can. So this is the time to do it was in June. And that's where we are now a year later of knowing like, I want to help train the people that are going to replace me. And, you know, just set everything up the best it can to leave, not even a legacy, but just leave with a good, like, 
he did good work here and he left on good terms. We can still be friendly with each other type of a thing. Although we're not talking 24 <laughs> seven because when you're not in that job, you don't really need to, but I'm still am in touch with quite a few of the people, which is still very fun. And so I would say if you do have to leave a job, it's definitely worth doing that. We actually have an episode two on like when and how to quit your job. So you should go back and listen to that. And though when I was, you know, leaving a year ago at this time, I thought I would write a book, but instead I just spent like a month and a half or two just planning out a really cool book that I still am excited about, but I didn't feel it was the right time to write it. You know, just didn't have the drive there, the motivation, you know, planning these things for me is really fun. But then actually sitting down to write a book, I was like, wow, that is just a lot to do. Though I do want to do it, but I also had this feeling because I'd been working so many jobs, I usually, you know, on my creative side, I create good creative work when I am very busy. So like, it's not just when I'm sitting around, you know, a lot of say artists or singer songwriters or creative people will be like, I had to go into the woods in the middle of nowhere with no people and sit around and do nothing. And it came to me where, you know, that sounds very nice and very like, wow, that's amazing. But at the same time, I'm like, shoot, I don't think that would work. And I kind of saw that with the book of like, I, you know, I'm still working in my morning jobs part time. So I still do have some money coming in. So it's not as drastic as completely leaving with no money. But that money is basically just enough to pay for living. <laughs> so bills medical insurance, all of that, my car, rent, food, that kind of stuff. But I realized like, hey, I think I have to be busy. So I think actually I am going to go ahead and start my own business so that I can be doing lots of different things. And then I'll come back to either this book or another creative project. So throughout that summer of last year, then I came back to the idea of like, yeah, actually, I think maybe now is the time because literally no one else will hire me and no one else <laughs> will get me a job that I like or that meets the requirements because I was like I don't want to fall back into getting the same job or a similar job and then you know just repeat the cycle and that's very common that people have in their lives like you make the brave and bold decision like hey I'm going to step out and do something different and then what do you do you find you know if it's a person like in dating like you find someone who is a clone copy like exact copy of that same person who has all those same bad characteristics or what if if it's a job like you quit this job friends and family great you are working too hard and then what do you do you get a job that is even more time consuming and that takes you away from your family friends even more and so that's like a cycle so i was like oh man we got to make sure that we get out of that cycle and so if no one else is wanting me then like I guess that's the world saying, you know, or God saying, whoever is saying like, okay, maybe just start your own business. So that was kind of how we got into that. And I know that is a lot and fairly quick, but I think the main things within this and within like that decision, which was a year ago and like seeing it a year later, because with time does come a lot of like clarity, but you know, I had to go forward without knowing what was going to come from it. And that was something that was not fun or easy to make knowing that like I could be making a very you know regrettable decision right now or like a big mistake like once you give notice like you're you're gone like it's a ticking time bomb until you are out of the company like you are decaying <laughs> within there you're dying basically you're a person dying in the company so you can't really resuscitate yourself or save yourself which means it really forced me to like okay, we, once we make this decision, like it's go time. Like we have a month, a really intense month of doing tons of training calls and getting everything set up. And then boom, 
we're going from there. And within that too, you know, it was a huge decision to make and it also affected a lot of people in the company I worked in in I think mainly, yeah, in, in all of their lives, which was also difficult because if you are friends with people, like how do you tell them like life is just taking me in a different direction? Like I feel like I need to take some changes and I don't really know what's going to come from it, which we just mentioned, but at the same time, I'm just going to go and do it. And so I felt like that was difficult too because when people were like, oh, cool, did you get a new job? What are you doing? And I'm like, so I don't really know. I mean, I, I think I'm going to write a book. That was my thing. Like I just told everyone, like, I think I'm going to write a book because that's what I did think I was doing and I didn't really know or, you know, write a book and then start my own business from there type of a thing. But did I really know? No, not really. And I would say, you know, looking back to it was uh, scary, intimidating, a lot of back and forth, like, should I do this? Should I not? Should I do this? No. Yes. No. Yes. Okay. We're doing it type of a thing. A lot of doubting, but at the same time, it was very exciting. It was relieving a breath of fresh air to be able to make a decision that, even though it was very hard to know, like for me personally, this is good and this is what is going to push me forward to those next steps so that I can eventually get a house, have kids or get married, have kids, uh, have, you know, animal, you know, all of that, that I wanted to do, have these businesses. So that was like very relieving, like, whoa, the hardest part was making like the first start of it. And then there is a lot of like hard times, you know, within that too. But overall, I would say it was a breath of fresh air. And it was just overall lots of big change coming all at once and hoping you didn't choose wrong. And then I think the main thing that was also kind of sad within that was that, so my main goal was finding a house, like buying a house, saving up for that. And by quitting my full-time job, which was my main source of money and income, I am in fact delaying getting that house because even though I have a good chunk of money, well, it'd be good for a majority of the United States. For the Bay Area, it is not that good or impressive. But for me, I'm like, wow, this is insane. But, you know, I am not, you know, no longer going to be able to put as much money into that savings account because when you start a business, it's not making money. And we're still, you know, a couple months in to this and not really making money, like a couple pennies, uh, like $2 <laughs> to be to be more specific. So that was something that was really hard of like, you're making this decision now, but eventually it will get you closer because things will keep going. But that's, you know, maybe next year I'll have a better story of how I got to see like, boom, you guys, my business is making money now. <laughs> but you guys actually listening to this is a great way of doing that with monetizing it. So definitely share these episodes with your friends and family. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and get into a few more different examples, kind of starting when I was younger, working up to kind of this present time as we go. These will be a bit quicker, but just some more examples to show you like how some of these things can work in your own life through my life and how they worked and how I've been able to put this together. So while yes, one year later is me right now, it is, you know, maybe a decade or more than a decade in the works and in the making to see like, how did we actually get to one year later? And then from there, we hope, and as you keep going, make sure you remember your own life and be thinking and tossing this around in your own mind, because it will be so helpful and also very uplifting and encouraging. So let's go. Okay, so I think the main one to start with, I titled as like working, but right when I was around 11 years old is when I started walking a neighbor dog regularly during the weekdays. And that turned into 
walking a few other dogs here and there, not as regularly as that one, but then also watching cats when people went on vacation. We didn't really tend to go out of town very much, so I turned out to be a great asset to basically my whole street of being like the neighbor kid who watches people's cats and dogs and whatever else you have at your house. Like I can watch it or I can water your plants. But it was kind of in there that I started being able to work and that's where like with my first jobs I saved up and I would tell people like I'm saving up to buy a car and at 11 a lot of people would just laugh or think that's funny or they were I don't know what they were expecting me to say like I'm saving up for toys or something but I was like I want my own car and guess what I was eventually able to save up enough money so that as I think it was a sophomore in high school that I was actually able to buy my own car it was like $2,300 I paid in cash and boom I have my own Volvo, four-door, just a sedan, but it was so exciting. And so for me, you know, that was a really big kickoff to, I would say, you know, learning to work daily, you know, having a job at a very young age, responsibility that came with that, as well as just being raised in a house where those skills and values were taught to us of like being a hard worker, being responsible, uh, saving money. That was a huge one. And I still have that today. And I know so many people that it is such a struggle for them to save money, or even if they have money, they just want to get rid of it and spend it. And I would say that was more prevalent in my own life in high school, and maybe a little bit of college when there's a lot more peer pressure to have certain clothes or look this way or get the next best thing. But then I saw like kind of as you I was I was leaving college like, you know what, who really cares? <laughs> you know, I as long as I have nice looking clothes that fit somewhat and even maybe they don't fit, but you know, I don't need new things. Or I think I mentioned I think on here or at least in an article we've written for this uh, business here that if you think you need new clothes like go through your closet and get rid of clothes and you getting rid of clothes that you haven't worn in a couple years or a year will show you that you don't need clothes because you're just donating all of these clothes so if you're donating them like why do you need them or just wear them instead <laughs> and then you don't need them so I've just seen like how incredible saving has been and really has helped me and will continue to help me so towards like buying this house and starting other businesses down the line and i would just say yes that early working did prepare me for all these other jobs i've had the rest of my life and the responsibilities that would be coming my way and little did i know it would start off with like walking a dog <laughs> buddha that was his name a yellow lap he was super kind and then i've also seen though in these jobs i've worked you know grown up me is that compared to kids who don't work when they're younger or didn't work, you know, they, especially at the morning job I'm at, because it is a part-time job, <laughs> customer facing, you know, these people don't show up on time. They skip their shifts. They don't call out. They don't follow the rules of how you're supposed to call out, or they're always sick, in quotes. They are not very good workers. They're lazy and slow, which to me kills me, the slow part. Uh, or they take forever to learn new things and to train, and maybe customer service is much harder, and talking in general to customers or to their team members are much harder because guess what? They've never done this before, and now at 18, 19, they're having to learn all of these skills that they could have been learning as they were younger, you know, starting out at 11, which who cares if you're not the best talker to the owner of the pets that you're watching, you know, like you're young, you're little, like it's okay. Like you'll learn a lot as you go. But then as soon as you're an adult, like to me, when I work with these people, I'm like, have you never worked a day in your life? Like, come on, you guys, really? And then you get to know them. You're like, you actually haven't. So part of me wants to be like, okay, like 
I feel a little bad or, you know, like it's not a pass. I would say it's not a pass, but like you understand a little more like why they act how they do because they're having to learn so much. So I think that is crazy. And if you have kids or if you are younger, like work, you should definitely work. But that was the first example. Next, let's jump to about sixth grade. So I did theater for the first time. I was in my first show, which was Stuart Little. And then that, so Stuart Little was just an, a play acting, just talking, which I've mentioned is, you know, plays I think are super boring. Musicals are where it is at. And so I got to do my first musical in Your Good Man, Charlie Brown in the seventh grade. And this was my first musical, my first time singing, like the singing auditions we had to do, I thought were so scary. And I was like, oh my gosh. And the song was a little bit high. It was right when my voice was changing. So my voice was like, cracking a lot throughout I mean later on in the show like there were songs where I would have to know like okay at this point I have to go into my lower voice or else it will be too squeaky or this part gets too high and it will squeak down I don't think that squeak down into my lower voice so it was a mess overall and to think like that was my first time getting into singing but from that musical you know I learned to sing and perform from there on out I got to really like being on stage to perform musicals. That's where I learned like musicals are where it's at. I did summer theater at what would be my future high school, which had a really good like theater program and arts program. I got like lead roles, lead roles in the summer theater and fairly good roles as well. Once I was in high school and got into performing, I they had a conservatory of the arts program at the high school I went. So I minored in theater there. So just more things which I actually don't really know how that has helped me <laughs> besides like you've fulfilled requirements within acting and theater and being in shows. And at that time though, when I was starting the, the first musical, the Charlie Brown show, I also started playing the piano because it was a really tiny school and they give us breaks and there was nothing to do except, hey, if you're doing a musical, like you gotta have a piano nearby. And we did. So my friend Blaine taught me some of my first songs on piano, which is now like my main instrument. I went on from there to look at YouTube tutorials to learn like pop songs when I was younger to then learning the different chords, learning to read chord sheets. So I can just type in a song, song name, chords, bring it up and I can sight read, play the chords. As long as the person singing knows the main gist of the song or if I know the song, then it is super easy and also super fun to like jump in. But I was like, whoa, that all came from that, what? And then because of all that, it led to when I was a junior in high school, getting into songwriting, writing mini musicals for that same theater program to then when I was in college writing a full length musical. Also, once I was leaving college to putting together, producing, creating, and writing the short film, acting in that as well, and then also having songs up on iTunes. So all of this to be like, whoa, just because I started and was like in the sixth grade, oh, I think I should do the play. And then, ooh, weird, a musical? Like, let's try out and see like what, what I could do with that. And I was Linus, by the way. So that was my first one. And then I think I've mentioned this in I think the one where I introduced more fully like my creative history and past as a creator. But then in high school, my senior year, I was Charlie in that same show. So even cooler was kind of looking back at my senior year and being like, whoa, when I was in seventh grade as Linus, which Linus didn't have a very big singing part. It was like, it's a cozy sanctuary, but it's far from, I don't know the words, but it's far from necessary. I don't know, but it was very like, when a parent after the show was like, oh, I didn't know you could sing, but you know, that was kind of like sing talking. And I don't think they meant it as like being super rude, but I was like, 
oh, I was really excited because that was scary <laughs> to sing in that. And so then to see in high school, like, whoa, I had Charlie Brown. And when I was younger, I was like, I could never sing Charlie's part. Like, it's too hard. It's too high. There's too many, you know, words. A lot of the songs had a lot of words, which, you know, I was par very paranoid about that my senior year of like, I had to be alone before the show and like practice the lyric, like go over the lyrics and the words to all these songs because the, the song, The Kite, has a lot of words. So you should look at, the, really, the, the whole show has a lot of really fun songs. And I would definitely suggest you go and see the show if it's showing anywhere near you. But basically, all of this led to so much that I even use today where I'm like, whoa, that is insane. And to start, though, like, yes, performing was very scary, especially singing in front of people, as I mentioned. You really, and really any of these arts that you may or may not be doing, but if you're in the arts, you're really putting yourself out there. And there, when you're getting started, like there's so much to learn and you're putting yourself out on a stage for other people to, you know, use as entertainment, but are also critiquing you about every little thing you're doing, or if you mess up, or if you looked bad, or you sounded bad, or maybe you were flat or sharp on your song, or, you know, there's so much that can happen where you're just like, wow, this is not an easy thing to get into. But now, you know, fast forward to my own life today, like it's an integral, ah, oh, man, integral integral that is another weird word and i was like in my notes side note i was like "Ooh, let's use this word i know how to say that and i'm like no integral part of my life though that's something that i use weekly for sure if not daily with writing songs creating just in general hopefully eventually also getting back up on a stage but even a lot of what i'm doing as being the face of this company of like making videos and you know being on screen is all things that have been built up through doing theater, performing, learning to be confident in yourself, hold yourself up tall, speak well, enunciate your words, you know, all of those things, red leather, yellow leather. That was one of those annoying tongue twisters they used to do in theater. But, you know, just seeing that is like, whoa, that is so cool how like, who knew, you know, back when I was just getting started in theater, like, you know, I'm not gonna be an actor. <laughs> like I kind of thought I wanted to be starting out and in high school and like, I mean, film, I thought would be so cool to be in film. And I think one day maybe I still will get there, but that is not on the forefront of what I'm looking to do now. But like, who knew that I could still use it in this business, especially as we get started with the kids side of it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can write songs for this. Like we are going to be our own like small, better version of Disney and not, not better because the skill is going to be better. But I mean, just like the focus and the values and hopefully where we take this will be a lot better than where I would say Disney is right now or where they're headed, um, which maybe you agree, maybe not. But that same idea, you know, of creating characters and songs to go with it and just all these memories for the kids that are growing up and that will get to consume this. So that to me is like, whoa, that is insane. Okay, and then down to the last two, I believe water polo, that is for this kind of experience. But growing up, I was a volleyball player, but I wanted to try something new. I was going to a Christian school high school my parents were paying a lot of money so I was like I don't do anything in the fall and I I mean usually at the high school they put a play in the fall and as you know I don't like plays so I'm like I don't want to audition for a play because they they're so boring you guys put you right to sleep so I was like I should do a sport and water polo was a sport that I knew a few people who did it but it looked exciting it looked challenging you know what appealed to me was that it was very like physical, mental, and emotional, like it was very challenging in all three of those things.
But then the other side of that is that you got very tan because you were wearing a Speedo and you were in the sun for a few hours every day. You got really strong because you had to be a very good swimmer. You couldn't touch the bottom of the pool. You couldn't stand. So you had to swim the entire time, as well as when you're playing on the field, which is in the pool, you have to just keep swimming. <laughs> so when you hear that, you're like, oh, wow, that's a lot of swimming. And even a lot of the practices we had, we weren't allowed to hang on to the wall or touch the wall. Your break was treading water. So that alone was crazy to be like, oh, man, like we your break is still swimming. <laughs> and then lastly, the best thing about that is they also had the best clothes, the best like logo or spirit package, whatever you call it, like the t-shirts you got, the long sleeve shirts, the really like oversized fluffy jacket because swimming was cold. So they give you like the warmest clothes. You got a really cool like swimsuit speedo out of it. So all of these things were like, like, let's try it. This will be cool. But I didn't know that, you know, I ended up having to give up playing volleyball for that year which was, you know, my sophomore year, I guess. Yeah, my sophomore year. I gave up volleyball because I ended up needing to be in that musical in the springtime because I needed to fulfill the theater minor credits. You know how I mentioned, like, I was in the conservatory as a theater minor. Well, you had to be in one show every year. And so since I wasn't in the fall show, I literally had to do the spring show. And it got to the point where, like, if I you know, didn't do it, they were going to kick me out of the conservatory and basically be like blackballed. <laughs> I guess that's a, it's a word we use now, but I don't think it was really used back then. But basically kind of like banned from doing all other shows within that because I had tried out for it, but I'd asked like, if I don't get a lead part, can you just not cast me? Because I can be a very good volleyball player and do really well on the team. So kind of like I want to participate a lot and give everything I have and be in a position where I can do that. So if I am not a good part, like, please say no so that I can do volleyball because I could get really good and be much better from doing the season. Well, it didn't turn out that way. I tried to get out of doing the show because I got an understudy part, which they thought was good. I thought it was terrible. I mean, props to understudies because you literally have to learn the whole entire role. You don't get much time to practice it. Maybe you'll get one show, at least in high school, they gave us an understudy show. So we got to perform it at least once, but then you're an understudy, which means you can't take on roles, like small roles of being in the chorus or, you know, there's like special little things. Like you're like, I was the bottle dancer. It was a uh, fiddler on the roof. So I was the bottle dancer where I couldn't be a bottle dancer because if I had to be one of the lead roles because the guy was sick, then who would they have to understudy that bottle dancer, if that makes sense. So like, basically, when you were the understudy, you had a really lame chorus ensemble role. But I mean, luckily, the guy did get sick. So it's one of those things like you hope and pray the main person gets sick so that you can do it. But then at the same time, like they told me that day at lunch, like, so-and-so is sick, so you're on for tonight, you're performing. And I was like, oh, good. Like, let's make sure I brush up on all the lines and make sure I know everything. But then it was also acting with a whole different set of actors that I'd never been on stage with. So like, yes, I had fallen in love as the character with the other understudy, but then now I'm like, oh, it's a whole new girl now. And then it's a whole new Tevia. <laughs> like, oh, actually, I think Tevia was the same. I don't know. But basically that idea, like, oh, everything was so different. But because I did this random throat of water polo, I had to give up the sport I actually liked to do and was good at to do kind of a crummy show, I would say. I mean, it turned out to be fine. So 
I'm still, you know, at the time was a little dramatic about it and maybe I still am. But I mean, it was good that I did it. But because I also did this random sport, so that was kind of the negative at the time was like, I couldn't do volleyball, boo hoo. Like that's what I wanted to do. But because of this, I learned to swim really well, which meant that in college, I got to swim for fun in this like Olympic sized outdoor pool, which was so much fun that people, and I was always there. I, I would wear a swimsuit to school and then in between classes, <laughs> we'd jump in the pool and swim a bit and then go to the next class, drying off along the way. And a lot of the older classrooms didn't have AC. So in the springtime, it was very much so needed as it got warmer and warmer. But friends were like, why don't you just work there? You're always there. And so because I had that training through water polo, I was able to get back into swimming more competitively and get back on track with knowing how to do what you needed to do to be a lifeguard. Then I got certified and got a job at that pool, which then helped me pay my way through college without having to take any loans, which is super helpful now that I'm saving up for a house because guess what you have to do when you're looking to get a loan from a bank or to you know buy a house? You have to pay off all your debt. So if I still had school loans, like I wouldn't even be where I'm at today because I would still be having to pay some of those loans off. And you know, or like credit card debt, but because I learned how to use my money wisely starting out very young, I was able to not have, you know, a bunch of money stored up on credit cards and just pay with cash, pay with what I have. So that means delaying the gratification of getting something so that you can get it when you can actually afford it. All things that are super helpful that if you're not doing that yet, take some notes, it will help you out so much. And then on the flip side of that too, I also got to save at least three people's lives. I'd say three and a half because one guy I thought was dead at the bottom of the 11 foot pool and I had to go down and scoop him up. He turned out to just be holding his breath and really good at looking dead. So technically I still made the save, he just wasn't dying. But I also got to help in other facility emergencies, got to help you know, with some of the admin of the facility itself with some of the signage, running in a, a big event like a full school event that we had at the pool. So a lot of really cool things. And then from there too, like swimming is now my favorite form of exercise that I do. And if I had access to an outdoor pool, I would be there all the time. You can trust me when I say that. But I would say with exercising too, as a side note, finding exercise that you like to do and that you enjoy doing is what is really gonna like hit those buttons to get you more active, get you actually working out on a regular basis and having fun while you do that. Because for like, say example, if you want to lose weight and you're like running is a good way to get some cardio, but if you hate running and hate everything about it, like yes, you can force yourself to do it, but guess what? As soon as you can find an excuse to get out of it, <laughs> then you will. But if you like say swimming, then like, hey, I really enjoy swimming. So I'm gonna put all these different workouts in the swim so that I can hit whatever my goals are for working out. So enough to say though, that is how like water polo and doing this random sport in high school, which I was just doing for fun. And yes, I, I'm very like white and pale <laughs> Caucasian, but I was a bronze, like golden color, which my friend Diego at the time was like, I think he called it bronze. I don't know. We joked around about, but, about it, but I was very tan and more tan than I've ever been. And now I'm just like, stay out of the sun. Everybody wear, you know, long sleeves or big hats or sunscreen. And that's just from lifeguarding and being like, it is better to save and protect your skin, especially when you get older. Cause I took a makeup class and we did like old age makeup. And that's when you see, like we learned about all these things that really destroy your skin. So 
take that as a word of advice as well. But let's jump to the last experience here, which was hospitality. So I started college in business, then it was boring, <laughs> which I, man, here we go again, saying that word boring, but it was something that I couldn't see myself doing. They wanted you, like the idea was you would work in a cubicle and spend your whole life trying to work up to get to a the C level. So whether that was CEO, COO, CFO, you know, all these C's and I'm like, ugh, gross. That is not very likely that that is going to happen. And it just was not fun. And I grew up with a sister who did art in front of me and she got to do animation illustration. And though it was hard and a lot of work, she actually liked what she was doing. It was doing something fun and that she could do, you know, fulfill that part of her life. And I was like, wow. And then I, here I am like excited for college and I'm in these boring classes where, you know, like how can you say, I love business. I would say now, you know, many years later, I would say I like specific parts of business, but do you study that? No, not really. But I ended up changing because of that to hospitality. And because of that change, which people thought was stupid, because at the time it was very hard, I guess, to get into the business program at the school I went to. And they're like, you went from, a, you know, um, studying something that could get you a career with a lot of money to hospitality, which is no money. Like even I think running, like being the general manager of a hotel was maybe like you could hit 50 or 60,000. And that was kind of it. Unless you went to huge resorts and then you'd have to live out of country or out of state. So that was kind of the feedback <laughs> I got from changing there. But because of that, I worked so many more jobs, which I talked about a lot in one of the, I think, the burnout episode, I talked a lot about the different things I did in, or actually the boring one too. I don't know. I think I'm always talking about all these different jobs that I've done, but a lot of those were in college and it was because I was in hospitality. I got all these cool internships, worked at a lot of different cool places that I still talk about today compared to like the business people who I had friends in there and they weren't, they were not required to take any internships. So they were graduating. They didn't work in college because their parents paid their way for them and then they were expecting to get a job with no job experience. So I was like, you guys, what are you doing? Like you're our future business leaders and you have no work experience graduating in your early 20s. Like, ooh, good luck. But it also helped me really hone down on what I wanted to do, working all these other jobs and kind of bring me back to like, hey, I really like startups, which is business. So kind of a full circle there of like, business is boring. I don't like it. Let's change, do something else in which I worked in a lot of businesses to then figure out like, hmm, I mean, event management is my go-to. Like if I had to work in hospitality and I've done a lot of event management already in my personal life and with a lot of the projects I've done. So technically, yes, I'm still using it, but it made me realize like what I wanted to do in life because I worked so many of these other jobs. I also got very strong at the customer service side of things through all the talk, the the talking I did, the different jobs, built up a lot of confidence skills, all which I use today with both this job at my morning job and just people in general. You know, knowing how to talk to people is something that really is not that hard, but people get so intimidated by it or they think it's really difficult. And no, it's really not. And maybe we should do an episode on that, like easy ways to talk to people. Uh, not sure how much that fits in <laughs> with the theme of this podcast, but maybe, I mean, who knows? And I would say a lot of those skills though too, if you're thinking back to the theater area we talked about, a lot of that was super helpful and being confident and knowing how to hold myself and to, to speak well and 
you know, enunciate your words, speak so that you can be heard, you know, all of these things. And we have a great episode called Smart Communication. It's one of the top ranking ones on our show so far at this moment. So you should go and listen to that one because we talk a lot about how those skills were learned from theater and how it can be applied from that. But as I mentioned, I eventually figured out I wanted to get back into business. And then I found a startup while I was still in college before graduating. And upon graduating, you know, I got to work with them, you know, it was a contract position. So I started out as just one of the contractors. And then I eventually grew into management of the company, getting to help build and manage and lead the customer service and the community management of people that were working all over the United States. States. And I was doing so at such a young age and much younger than you would typically find with someone in management. So I was like in my early 20s, 22, 23, in a management position, managing like a big group of people and like they all had their own families that were married you know not everyone was older than me but a big majority of people were much older than me and I was like whoa this is so cool like I would not be able to do this anywhere else like they if you start a business like you have to you know put in your dues to work five to seven years and slowly work up to be a manager and I was like that does not sound fun because in that time guess what I'll probably get bored and want to switch jobs <laughs> and then you can't just keep doing that so to me that was so cool and then I also learned so much about having your own business having and running a startup the ups the downs everything in between that you can find with having your own business and that is something that I'm already using a lot for this business and I've really used you know ever since then with all the different jobs I'm working as well as a lot of these creative projects that I've done and I'm doing take a lot more out of you than you would think and when you've already seen like how you can run a business and what goes into that you're like okay we can do this right yeah we can do that but I would say all of the work and life experiences brought me to that point so that I was set up to be in management at a much younger age because as I said if you if I had never worked a job like there's no way I could jump into like running the entire customer service for a business and knowing how to write well and yes I got a lot better and learned a lot of tricks as I went learned from the bosses the the co-founders and they were awesome and are awesome but you know I learned a lot as I went but if I hadn't done everything I had been doing I was like there's no way I could be doing all of this and everything else that I did in my time there was just like whoa I did so much which is hard to say when you're just like I did customer service and community management but also I did this 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 and this and probably a list of other things I'm forgetting <laughs> so though all through doing all this eventually led to me starting my own business which is the one that you're listening to right here Fisher Philbrick and you know just really getting to use in this business all of these different areas that I've talked about as far as like the theater background being on camera a lot doing a show hopefully interviewing so if you have your own business and want to be featured and interviewed go ahead and reach out to us we are looking for you we want to talk to you but you know relating to other people knowing what it takes to be in a business like I'm using that already for myself and like we'll eventually also use that to help encourage other people who want to start their own businesses and be like I've been there and multiple times you know I know how it can be like keep going you've got this but also like my work ethic running around and just being athletic and adventurous like the the life I'm living and things I'm doing require like a lot of energy and running from here to there to there quite literally I am always typically unless I'm at home like wearing walking shoes or running shoes because I was like my feet gotta handle a lot because I'm on my feet a lot and going from one thing to the next to the next to the next and also though all of this will then hopefully you know 
I would say hopefully soon, but maybe it'll take a couple years, as we mentioned, lead up to me then having the money to save up and buy the house and get married and have kids and be like, whoa, all of these things in my past, like, boom, we made a superhero to get this house because buying a house in this area is insane. But hey, guess what? We did it. And so as we kind of wrap up this section, yes, it was a lot and a lot of different experiences, but hopefully this shows how, you know, when I myself am looking back at all this, I can clearly see how like things were working together to get me where I am now. Like I had no idea at the time with these random, like I'm going to do a theater show. Okay. And then I'm going to try out a new sport as a second year in high school, which is very, you know, very not common, especially with water polo. Like everyone else had been together since they were freshmen and were much better. So I was like, oh, I'm like the you know, they're, they're peer level, but like not very good. I'm at a freshman level with a younger kid. So, and all of that, but then leading to see all these things like, whoa, that's insane. Like everything was going so that I could do this and then that, and then that. And so with that, we're going to get ready to go though, with wrapping things up and putting it all together. But we hope that that was kind of a nice insight and look to see like, how things were coming together for myself so that you can then turn it on your own self and be like, whoa, let's get down into this and figure out like what things in my life have made me the way I am today. Okay, and so now we're gonna jump into some of our main takeaways for, for you so that you can get going with this. But these are mainly focused around some kind of central ideas we put together. But the first one, like taking control of your own life and making decisions. That idea of like, if you're feeling stuck or unhappy in your life, then guess what? It's very likely time to start making some decisions and choices to get yourself out of there. They can be small, they can be big, they can be drastic, like leaving your full-time job without knowing what you're doing, but hey, it's your life. So, you know, if you're not happy and you're not liking what you're doing, if you're working all the time and you hate your work, then let's find some other work. There's a lot out there. So, you know, get going. You can do it. We have faith in you. And from there, you know, you're there to look out for yourself and make your own life. Other people in your life can be influential. They can help you out and make these decisions, such as your friends, your family, your loved ones. But really, at the end of the day, it's up to you. And an example to further this is like, no one would really suggest that I should start my own business. When you see like you're saving up for a house, you want to get married, but you're still living at home, you're getting older, like you literally need to buy that house so you can get out of there and get married. And so what are you going to do? Start a business when it's going to make no money for maybe the first year, maybe longer? Like what? You wouldn't do that. I mean, my family is supportive and has been supportive. So they are, but most people I would say would probably not be. And then when I was at that full-time job, everyone thought I was working too hard, too much for too little. And they thought I should just leave the job and like, you'll get better experience working somewhere else. So you should quit. And so I'd been told that for most of the time I was at that job of like, you're going to get stuck there. And then you're always going to be stuck doing customer service and you won't be able to get out of that. And blah, blah, blah. And so like, they would have told me like, just quit right away. And so it really, you do see through a lot of these experiences, like it's literally up to you. Like they can give insight, advice, they can be whispers in your ear, but you're going to have to make the hard decisions when it comes down to that. And especially if you're trying to get out of where you are, like you got to know, like you got, you have to be the one to send that email or have that difficult conversation say like, Hey, you know what? I love you guys, but I need to move on. And I'm giving my notice like bum, 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 whoo, scary, <laughs> but don't worry. You can do it. 
And from there, you know, sometimes you have to leap without knowing where you're going to land. But I would say you can still be smart about it and do all of your planning and research. But at some point, as I found myself, you may also find that you just have to just jump and push things forward and hope that you're going to land all right and not knowing, but just know like, hey, you know, things have led me up to this. Let's just go. And I would say it's okay if you are unsure of all the details. If you don't know every single detail, like, don't worry, that is okay. If you took the time to figure everything out, you would never actually get to live that life or that dream that you're wanting to do. So at some point, you do just have to go in and get to it. And then lastly, sometimes you have to sacrifice a good thing or good things for now in order to get you to your overall goal and where you want to be. So in my life, like I wasn't able to play volleyball because of water polo and theater. And I was like, oh, that was what I was looking forward to. Like that was my main sport. I could have potentially, you know, worked my way up on the volleyball thing and gone to college for scholarships. I mean, I didn't want to do that, but you know, hey, who knows <laughs> type of a thing. And then like from leaving my full-time job, like my income for house saving has dropped dramatically. And so I'm no longer going to hit what I would have hit by the end of this year that would have pushed me like so much closer to that because I started my own business. And so like that sacrificing a house and both kind of future relationship, although I am like, I do want to get married and I'm out there looking, haven't found the right person. I did want to have a house you know, much closer so that say if we did get married, we can just move into that house then or say like, hey, we can stay in the area. We don't have to look elsewhere because I have a house. So they're not directly related, but maybe kind of. And if you're telling someone that you're just meeting and, you know, especially if you meet, say, their parents, what do you do? Oh, I have my own business. Oh, cool. When'd you start it? Oh, just a couple months ago. And then they know, I mean, they should know like, oh, they're not making any money. He's not making any money. <laughs> Are they going to want you to marry their daughter if you can't have a job? Or maybe if like I want to work a lot of different businesses, have my own businesses, like that can be a tricky lifestyle to live with down the road. You know, I mean, I'm confident and I think things will go well, but will it? I don't know. I can't tell you that. <laughs> and then lastly, within that too, of sacrificing a good thing, like I would say, kind of related to that, but not many people understand like what I'm doing or why I'm doing it, which is a very small thing, but also not really. Like at the part-time job I'm at, people are like, oh, because I, I think I look pretty young and apparently other people do too. So like, are you still in school? I'm like, no, I graduated in 2017, which is, you know, a couple years ago. And they're like, oh, so what are you doing? And I'm like, I started my own business. Oh, when is it? And then I explain, oh, okay cool and that's like a okay cool i don't really get what you're doing or like that sounds stupid or why are you doing that type of a thing even the guy when i at the bank when i set up this business account he had like i could tell he had no idea what i was doing or what i was saying and like probably checked me off as like like good luck this kid is dumb you know <laughs> he's too young he's not gonna do it so that is a small part but having that like being able to say like, I work this job and I make this much money a year, like boom, boom, boom. A lot of people in society now use that as a way to be like, this is what I do. And then I'm like, I work here in the morning, which is like a college young job to work. And then I go home and work my other job, which people don't think is a job, but yes, I'm almost always working on this. And if not like, like physically typing or something, in my mind, I'm thinking about what needs to happen next and planning out the future. So yes, it is. But as we wrap this up, the encouragement and push would be to find areas in your own life that you can really move yourself forward in. And if you're unhappy in any areas, well, hey, 
let's change that. You should change that. You can change that. We think and believe that you actually can do so. So while you're doing that, you know, look back and see your own areas of where you can say like, hey, a year later, all of this has happened. And like, that's insane. Or, you know, examples in your own life, like how I share like many years later. So go, I could remember most of these back to, you know, like when I was 11, 10 or 11. So maybe that's as far back as you can remember too, or you're making these decisions or having decisions made for you. Or I guess an even further one was when I was little, I had, I couldn't say some letters. Uh, so I went to speech therapy and so I could learn to speak properly. And guess what? I did theater and speaking and I'm on a podcast now. And if I couldn't say some words correctly or had what sounded like a Boston accent, but not because I'm from Boston, but because I just never was taught to speak clearly, then boom, I wouldn't be here. So that is a very far back one that my parents actually made that decision for me to do. So thank you, parents. You know, like that was a good decision. So think back though and see like, wow, what has happened and how are you here? Because I think right now, like that is so important, especially if you're not happy with where you're at of being able to be like, let's look back and see like, how did I get here? And then knowing like, hey, things can still get better. And like this right now may be hard, but we are going to move forward and one day like keep hope and knowing that, you know, things can get better as you keep going. And now we are also hoping that that will be for this business. So maybe a year later where we can be like, wow, this is why this and this happened. Or we've shared, you know, quite a bit how like we have tried so hard to find businesses to interview and the different things we've worked or the adjustments we've made. We've edited the website, the way we're reaching out to people, trying different things like no one seems to want to be interviewed. And so like that is a big bummer because that's a big way for our company to grow and like what we need to happen to take a lot of the big steps forward on the business side of things, which though we have the kids side. So, you know, we're kind of figuring out to pivot and like balance things out. But that's something now like for myself personally, I don't really understand. I'm like, why does no one want to be interviewed or featured? Like it's for free. There's a lot of good that can come from it. And a lot of people that I know who I worked with have businesses and I'm like, why do they not want to, you know, like there's a lot of potentially a lot of different reasons too. So it's not even to like shame them into it because I don't, the thing is I want people who want to be interviewed. So I don't want anyone begrudgingly to do it, but it, it is something like on the business side where I'm like, why is this happening? I don't know. But what I would tell myself is hopefully in a year or a year and a half later or many years, I can be like, hey, you know what? Because I didn't do that, I got to create this kid section and maybe the kid section is going to blow up and that will be like the new direction the business heads or maybe that will become a business in itself. And like that wouldn't have happened if I was so busy like interviewing people, <laughs> which I think I could do them both. So that's what I would tell myself now. But you know, that's something that you can use for your own life to, you know, see like, Maybe you don't know, but you just got to hang in there and keep going. And I would say that is kind of the fun part of life and why you should really look at life in your own life as an adventure is that it can be fun. It can be exciting, but sometimes it can be scary, intimidating, and you don't really know what's happening. But overall, I would say you can make it a grand adventure. And so as we head out, we would just encourage you to, as we've been saying this whole episode, but in case you didn't catch it, like take time to look back on your own life to get pumped up and really excited about all that has made you who you are today, as well as to figure out the other important side of this is if you do need to make any changes in your life, such as I did with leaving the full-time job I was at to eventually start my own money, which still has yet to make money, ha ha ha. But I think, you know, from there, like being grateful 
is another great reason to do all of this. You really see like how much you've grown, the person you've become. It also, I would say, gives you the strength to get through your current struggles. So what, how I mentioned now, like I don't understand why certain things are happening or maybe you don't either with where you're at in life. Like you can know by looking back, like I've gotten through worse things or I've gotten through similar things as this and I figured out months later or a year later, like this is why this happened. And I would also say it gives you more insight into other humans and those around you to really know like everyone is going through their own journey, their own life, their own struggles and hardships. And really like maybe they don't even know why they're going through things or why they're acting the way they are. And like they don't know, but if you treat them kindly and with respect, you know, it's going to go such a long way. Give someone a smile, you know, take the mask off <laughs> if you're still wearing it and share your smile with other people because smiles even something so small as a smile goes a really far way and because you don't know what they're going through and maybe you just boosted them up. But I would say doing all this in your own life can really help change your own perspective. And I would say just know that you've got a ton of potential and good things going for you. So here's your reminder of that. You know, you may just have to be a little uncomfortable at first before you fully get to where things feel more or less good, however you define good in your own life. But you've got this and definitely reach out to us and let us know if we can help or support you in any way because we would love to do so however we can. And with that, let us just say, have a great rest of your day and thanks for tuning in and giving us a listen. We will talk to you all very soon. Mm -hmm.